Hi everyone. Very good afternoon and uh, warm welcome to all of you. This is episode 24 on uh, Pitch Camp. Today we are also starting a new series uh, which is a product led series and I'm very excited to have uh, you know a very early stage uh, founder with us uh, today. Um you know Mr. Kaushik uh, Tirthappa and uh, you know he is building an exciting uh, product and uh, you know he's recently hit a very important uh, milestone in this journey and that's where you know we thought we'll feature him on this uh, podcast as well so welcome kaushik very excited to have you on the 24th episode thank you so much bimlesh i'm so excited to be here yeah wonderful so before we jump in i'll just uh, talk a little bit about pitch camp uh, pitch camp is an is an initiative with a mission to enable 10000 founders and sales teams to to sell better to communicate better we do this through sales uh, coaching especially for founders who come from a tech uh, you know background with no sales uh, prior experience mm-hmm. right so we've uh, we also do investor pitch coaching uh, we have coached about uh, 25 uh, startups so far on how they communicate their pitch deck how they craft their content and you know how they do live or virtual uh, pitching to raise uh, funds mm-hmm. right and uh, recently we closed out a partnership with uh, jb sales which is a leading uh, sales training company in the us we are very excited to bring that partnership to india and you, and we are excited to roll out some new stuff uh, along with them to the india market so recently you know i saw your uh, post on linkedin on you hitting uh, you know an important milestone and also we are part of a common uh, you know founder community and you know that was really the trigger for me to you know get you on board in the new product led series that i was planning to put together so the so you are the first speaker on the product led series so you know uh, i have always been a product guy so uh, someone building products and making product led growth happen is always exciting uh, more so you know uh, you have an interesting uh, point in time when you are seeing this growth uh, during covid times so you know would love to peel different layers of your journey of your story during this entire conversation right yeah. uh, so talk to us a little bit about your background you know your uh, you know your professional life before you decided to start up yeah sure um basically before i did spike uh, chronologically i think i started working in a startup after i graduated uh, which was in a 3 bhk apartment we raised funds and uh, it eventually now it's scale fusion rebranded it's into the uh, device management services uh, after which i joined uh, sportskeeda and uh, sportskeeda is probably asia's largest uh, sports tech journalism uh, website and uh, over there we were handling huge amounts of traffic but i was primarily looking at only the tech teams and that's the same before as well uh, after which i joined wingify uh and it's, uh, it's been an it's it was an extremely rewarding journey at wingify i was in the new products division we built multiple new products trying to expand uh, our uh, product catalog and uh, over that is exactly where we were trying to essentially you know get early customers and uh, see what are the needs and how do we try to solve them how do we figure it out and that was essentially the journey so far but if you look at it i think i was primarily a lot about uh, development until then and i could see the pain points that smaller teams were facing at that time and eventually uh, uh, i met i met uh, prithviraj who is uh, who was then heading the product for pushkru which is now vw engage 
and I was very keen on learning a lot of things from him. I think somewhere down the line, I knew that these are some of the pain points and I wanted to solve them at some point. But I also got this feeling in, in, in Wingify's atmosphere, I think you get that true feeling is that just developing is not going to help, you know? And uh, I was very keen and I started working with Prithvi as an associate product manager, wherein I learned how are we prioritizing features? What is the one that's important? What are the metrics that needs to be looked at? Which pain point has to be figured out first and for which customer? And how do we give the best customer support? These were some of the things that I learned before I decided to jump the wagon. I quit my job and I started working on Spike. Okay, wonderful. So how how recently is Spike set up? Uh, we, I, I quit my job last year in the month of July. Okay. And uh, I gave myself, I'll be, I'll be very honest with you, I gave myself an entire year. Okay. okay. I thought that, okay, in one year, if I could uh, essentially have a few customers or even think that, okay, I can have this much small amount of revenue coming in, then I'll continue to do that. But essentially, I think because there was a severe understanding of what needs to be built and how we need to do it was two different things. Something that as a developer, before I, uh, uh, as a developer, I could never really figure out. But when I was developing and I was also trying to make that say really go out in the market, that's when it tried to, uh, it, it hit me and it hit me hard. So in the first couple of months, we just, we, uh, we built something and we stopped, took a break. Then I started studying a, a lot. I studied a lot and then I started research. And then I reached out to about 25 companies that I spoke in the month of February from across the world. And I tried to understand what are the pain points, uh, are the pain points similar? Okay. And are we going in the right direction? Which is when we decided that we, we made this lean and the most simplistic version. So Spike essentially is a very simple incident management platform. What we do is we call you when shit hits the fan. You know, yeah. before your customers can report you, we automate that call and we call you, we tell you what happened. Not just phone call, there's SMS, Slack, and email alerts. Okay. So yeah, after that, we uh, uh, basically just trim the entire tree of features, you know, which is ideally, I think, as a developer, which is my superpower, I would say, when I started. As a developer, I I created a list of 30 features that I built, you know, that's my, I cocooned myself. That's my right. You know, and uh, you need you need someone else to shake you from that comfort zone and tell you that you're probably just building. You need to go out there, you know, which is when we uh, got the right ideation and we knew that we wanted to build a product and this product has to be very developer friendly. It has to be it has to be um, it has to enable trust. It has to be extremely reliable and getting there has been uh, a rewarding journey, I would say. <laughs> Oh, wonderful. So when you decided to start up and give yourself uh, your whatever couple of the ideas that you dabbled with before you decided to solve the incident management uh, idea or the problem? I did not. I did not go with other ideas. I just had one. Okay. I, I, the ideation filter was very simple. I, um, at Wingify, at Wingify, it was, uh, Wingify encourages you to build projects. If you can, please go ahead and build them. 
so essentially i used to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning till about 8 o'clock i used to work then sleep and then go to office so in those days i had already listed down but before i quit my job all the idea other ideas were eliminated and okay. i knew one of the things that was important is uh, perseverance i believe that no idea is really that bad an idea it's just the execution and i feel that the execution tactics that i have learned the experience from failures those are the same execution tactics that i could use in the next product if this one goes south or anything like that right so that has been uh, extremely helpful to think in that direction i knew that if i if i keep fumbling across oh not this not this 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 i think i i was very firm on that that you know you need to persevere so i had this one writing on the whiteboard i have two whiteboards here it says put your head down and work mm. and that that i think truly helped us to at least get out to the market in the first uh, instance itself fantastic and so so you decided on the incident management uh, you know problem statement and so this were the space that you started to explore in doing your research so what were some of the competitor uh, tools that you saw in the market what was the gap that was felt by your customers that that prompted you to kind of explore and understand that there's a market for a simple solution doctors about your research yeah i think uh, the first the first uh, research uh, before i actually got into the research because the new products division was working as a really small entity in itself when we were looking at products and buying it was we knew that products cannot be we, we did not align towards complicated products and in this space if you look at some of the competitors they're all they're all for enterprises okay yeah. there is no there's no one who's uh, there's no one who's startup friendly okay or and, for smbs yeah and we we started talking to uh, when when i was in the small product uh, in the new products i spoke with other developers at that time from other startups as well who basically say that if there is an incident now it, an incident could be pretty much anything right your servers going down your websites crashing or your transactions failing if you're an e-commerce shop cards going uh, filled up cards and no checkout happening so an incident is something anything that affects your customer or affects your business right so there wasn't a particular way that we can easily set it up and because there everyone was so enterprisey most of the startups that i spoke with had absolutely no idea that such a system even exists in the first place okay that's where i realized that there is a huge gap if not a lot of the 50 people 100 people teams as well do not use uh, any of uh, alerting systems what they do is that when there is an incident the email goes to say engineering at example.com yeah but this incident happened on a saturday morning and everyone's coming on a monday morning right we've lost customers over the weekend right so there is much less transparency as well and here's the thing incidents will affect small and large companies the same way equally yeah okay they are more democratized than in anybody else <laughs> yeah one of one of the things i keep seeing is that larger customers they can they have uh massive complicated uh, slas and they have massive complicated contracts and they know the retention is much easier for them 
But if you are a small company or a medium organization serving to other small and medium organizations, right. the churn comes quickly. And one black patch is perpetual. And we realized that a lot of the teams who set up this engineering emails and uh, send all the incidents there, oh, the first few emails, everyone's paying a lot of attention and heat. Right, right. The next few times, yeah, trust me, half the people have marked it as spam. Right. There's always a difference between a customer support ticket versus an incident ticket, right? Typically, okay. an incident happens, and only when the customer faces a challenge, that's when a customer ticket comes out. And then, right. when, you, when the team is trying to figure that out, then they realize that it's due to an, an incident that has happened. Yeah, that's exactly why we we say that you know we will alert you on phone or SMS, emails, like anything before your customers get affected. A lot of the times when a failure occurs, there are indicators towards failures. Now we keep telling our customers, get alerts for indicators. Do not wait for that to happen. Do not wait for that. Let's talk when it drops. You know, so that's where that's where we have learned that uh, uh, customers are able to essentially set up. I'll give you I'll give you one or two examples. Sure. Uh, we have uh, we have a very popular fleet management services who is integrated from uh, the travels in India, um, a lot of the bus travels, including Mahindra trucks, IoT devices. Uh, now, every time the IoT device loses a connection, an incident occurs on Spike, and the relevant development team are immediately alerted, either on Slack or phone call, depending on how long it's been disconnected. Okay. Before. Uh, they integrated with Spike. A lot of the team members did not even know the number of incidents, uh, did not even know exactly what are the points of failures and how many times has it been occurring. Right. And when they are unable to fulfill that particular data gap, whenever the device is disconnected, they're not able to give their customers of where the product were, as an, as an example. Right. Uh, those now, I think what has happened is over a period of time, once they started getting phone calls, they realized that this is happening at this time. There is a pattern here. Then they fixed that. Then they went on to the next journey of not just integrating with the IoT device. Now they're integrating with their back-end queues, their front-end dashboards, any of the errors from Sentry, AWS, the cloud monitorings, all of them getting integrated and every corner of the app having any small issues. That, that, that is the alert system that they've set up by adding a small team. That was great validation for us. And that's when we realized that having a simple product is extremely essential. And that's why we doubled down on simplicity. And that's that's our value at core. Fantastic. Amazing. So talk so this, this is very interesting, right? So from from a developer mindset and as a developer as a profession, you wore the hat of products that you started to you know, dabble with products, you saw this problem, started to look at it from a productization uh, angle to really solve, uh, you know, an, an, a completely unaddressed market, uh, you know, for, for companies for whom being available 24 bar 7 is critical for their business to survive, right? So uh, very fascinated with this uh, part of the journey. Talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, your your MVP to your current uh, state. What? How did you iterate? What were the versions that you built? What feedback you saw? And some of those mechanics. Um, so essentially, 
in the month of July last year, I had uh, I had almost nothing. It's just basic boilerplate. Uh, but I was I was already emailing friends of mine who are working in other startups or friends of mine who were probably having a startup by themselves. And uh, I was taking a lot of their feedback while I was building it as well. But I, I was, there is this entire uh, norm, norm about you know, having the perfect product before we actually launch. Right. Yeah, I was stuck in that circle for a little bit. <laughs> I, yeah. I okay. That's a developer syndrome, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, the, all the classic symptoms, I saw that in me. And uh, what I did was the only thing that shook me was the fact that uh, everything is working now. What is the next step? Right. I know I can add 10 more features, but there is this one question that in my experience, I've always heard this is that who's asking it. Right. And then there is a three whys that I keep implementing. So I, if I don't have a whiteboard, I carry an A3 page big sketchbook around everywhere. You will see me. If you see me in any cafe, you will see me with a big sketchbook and that's my whiteboard. So I have it. Why, why, why? And that's when I realized that no one's asking. So let's actually try going out. So when I spoke, I offered everybody a uh, hundred and eighty days trial. Okay. Okay. So one of the things I learned was that I targeted the companies that I kind of knew might not convert. So that's where I wanted to fail. I was essentially wearing, you know, you see the pharmacy guys wearing the suit and all of those things, carrying a suitcase yeah. and doing the sales call. I did that. I went into offices. I've given charts. I'm giving them an entire presentation for 30 minutes and then failed to convince them. So I knew that I am not able to target the particular pain points. So the next set that I got into, I, I studied very deeply about what could possibly be the system and what could be the pains and points of failures and how much, how big is the engineering team? Could be three people, could be two people, could be even 20 people. All right. And that's when I think that pitch went so good that they used it for about three months. And in the first month, they, they did not integrate anywhere. All right. And I learned that, okay, people don't, people don't know how to integrate it. We need to make it even simpler. We need to make it as a self-serve platform eventually. But at this stage, let me go and do this. So I walked into their offices and I'm setting up their first integration for them. Okay. So after a month, there are about 20 incidents, about uh, 10 to 20 phone calls that have gone. And that's where the value is clicking in. They're like, oh, okay, I did not know that there was this issue. We were all fine and dandy over the weekend. We had no idea. But until that phone call came from Spike, that's when they realized that this is happening and we've been missing out. We were unaware for such a long time. And then I think after 180 days, they became our first paying customer in March. And that itself was a big milestone. And that is a very good validation. Right. We don't have any automation set up at that point in time. Uh, but the customer knew that they've received by that time, they had received about 100 incidents, you know. And they knew that this is providing more and more value. So they reached out and we set up, we added all of their engineering team and we, we, we priced it quite effective and very affordable as well. So they knew that this is going to be very helpful. One of the things uh, we were fighting after that to getting the next set of customers was uh, India as a geographical region has the whole, do we build or do we buy it? Right. Okay. And now I think in retrospective, I'll say that that's an absolutely incorrect phrase. 
when I was starting, I learned that why do you automate is because to make your life easier. But why would you build? It's not making life easier. And you don't have to maintain those systems. We'll maintain those systems for you as product builder, right? But the challenge is essentially that it's about hiring and throwing bodies at a problem or throwing a product at a problem. Right. You can pretty much say that, okay, I can just hire an intern and build the system out for myself. You know, that's some of the challenges that we are facing. So for that, reliability was extremely crucial. Correct. And that particular reliability that no matter what happens, you know, we will alert you. That will never not happen. That will always happen. You know, so those those validations came. And then when we were preparing for the launch, there were different aspects that we were trying to delve into. And one of the most important aspects other than reliability was design. Hmm. We knew that design is going to have a very profound impact because we cannot just say that it's a simple product and it will be simple. Right. The principles of design will set it up for our developer persona, developers who are team leaders, developers who are freshers, developers who are hobbyists. It has to be an incredibly simple journey from sign up to getting their first alert. That's the thing that we've optimized over eight months. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. So you got your first customer in March and then COVID hit. During this, you have been optimizing your design for developers. So how, how did COVID impact what you were building? And how did you, your team adapt to it? And how did the customer acquisition journey change? One of the things uh, about COVID coming in uh, for the month of March was, I know most of the people were depressed, but we were quite happy at the time because we had just gotten our first paying customer, you know, and that's a, that's a big validation. I had no idea. It's actually so, it, it puts you on this pedestal where you're incredibly happy to have that. And then the next day, the fear creeps in. Now you have to make sure that you are actually doing a good job because before right. that, you cocooned and building something. Now it's about going out there. When COVID hit, dynamics changed because now wherein I could say that, okay, you know what, at least let us pitch to the companies that I kind of know in one sense of the way, either through LinkedIn or not. When we were doing, when we tried to do these reach outs, we had absolutely no reply because there was a storm of chaos and in a storm of chaos, no one can see anything. Right. Okay. So it's at that point in time, people are not buying. People are in self, uh, self protection mode. You know, they have to protect themselves no matter what happens and their organizations. So the month of March and April, we probably did not see, we were still adjusting ourselves to the new normal. However, right. Uh, we have been working from home for a long time now, but we were letting all the other customers really get adapted to this thought process. But the entire pivot actually changed in the month of April. In the month of April, our customer, uh, they shut, out, shut down their office and they basically asked everyone to just work remotely, at least for the entire year of 2020. Right. And that's when I realized that Here's the thing, you know, when you are five people sitting in a in an office or a small room or you are a hundred people team sitting on the same floor, then alerts have different meaning. Uh -huh. You know, if you and I are sitting on the same floor, 
you will get a phone call alert and you can tell me here right now that something has happened or i can sense that i can see that all right but when you when we are sitting in different cities the need for transparency increased even more and that need for transparency across remote teams that started to become our strong point excellent when you are 10 people like as i said if you are on the same floor and you got an incident i have right. Yeah, this has happened. But if I am in Pune, you are in Bangalore. How would I possibly know? True. You know? So this is what we learned: is that now more than ever, are people going to need reliable alerts? So the first thing we started was we asked our customer, and then we had started to see a few signups coming. So we asked everyone to essentially join on some sort of a small call. and we will tell you how to design your escalation policies and escalation policies essentially if bimbil does not answer the call right let a call me it's an alert policy you know who should oh. get the alerts in and in what order what order yeah we, we got them on a call and we started suggesting them no more can you say that okay only bimblesh or kashik will get the call you know what if kashik is asleep long nap afternoon puna for puna's afternoon nap in famous month right what happens then and now we are more remote so that particular education system what we learned is that we made sure that no one's a single point of failure and it also gave this exposure that we're not mentioning a lot of the use cases or when we are also trying to understand how are our customers really using the product although all small number of customers but remember this is that it has never deterred us mm. that there is only one customer because all of these sessions were such a monumental learning experience because let's face it i've never done this before i've never asked a customer to come on a call and tell them how to use this product or how to make the most of most out of the product yeah i've never done this there are growth marketers who do that i was a developer sitting in the back office and working so i knew that all of these learnings has to convert into documentation which is when we made an self serve documentation that truly helped okay then the 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 extremely flexible escalation policy that we did not have before we made it very simple and easy essentially i can say that okay bimblesh needs to get a phone call not an email a phone call and if bimblesh does not answer then send me an sms but then try calling bimblesh again okay. that flexibility we did not provide before Got and that simpleness after covid hit we double down on simplicity even more so we gave the flexibility if you are a uh, customers who have 10 licenses and 5 licenses not everyone has to log in one of you can log in and create a policy for everyone that right. you must have called on a chat or on a call that okay you know what let's make sure that a b c d are involved in this so that really opened doors into deep usability so when i was looking at these metrics in the month of may is when i realized that i think we have a product at hand it you know i i always felt that okay i know exactly what i'm building but in retrospective i would say that a year ago i had absolutely no idea what i was building mm. until small milestones start to occur every time a, a small milestone happens my only saying is i think we have a product and that's when uh, that's the whole covid shift that we did and then i think more and more people were getting open to attending meeting so okay. i opened up my twitter and i started saying that please just dm me for a cup of coffee 
I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to say, oh, become my customer. That's not going to happen. So I saw a lot of interesting people come in. We had people who wanted to be a VC, people uh, interested in startup scenes, developers, and we just had cups of coffee together. And and I would tell them about the product. I would learn from their perspectives, developers' perspective, a product manager's perspective of how what are the small optimizations they have done in their product. And I would reverse engineer how can I achieve that effect in Spike. And that's been a primal learning. So during those months and after May, I think people started to become very open and adopted to the uh, to the new uh, working from home it, to the new normal, essentially. Right. Right. And then I think after that, things started to go back to a lot more easier. But we capitalized that with simplicity and the flexibility even more for remote teams. We, we basically made it very remote friendly. That's what helped. We had a few people come in on the website and we had uh, um, I knew for a fact that if I could outsource any of the job, I would outsource it to a product. And if products are expensive, I'll just reach out and say that we are a very early stage startup with almost no revenue. Okay, so Intercom, we got Intercom's um, uh, early stage plan and we got qualified for the startup program and we integrated Intercom on the first version of the marketing website, the visitor okay. website. And people, I'd say that almost once a week or 10 days, I would see an interaction happening. Someone would ping. And the questions were vaguely different than the questions I'd expected. The questions were, are you an uptime monitoring solution? Are you a Prometheus competitor? That's when I realized that our product is not able to express what we do properly. The copy was out of place. The design, it looked decent, but it was not solving the problem it was not telling communicating the problem yeah Yeah. so uh the first thing we did was that i knew that going out there and implementing any of the growth hacks is going to be difficult so i wanted to make sure that whosoever visits the website they at least get an exact idea of what we do and for that we revamped the entire website and we started adding messaging that's absolutely clear by that time, I was doing a lot of jobs to be done framework implementation. What is the what job are you going to hire our product for? And what are the benefits of it? I used to write the benefit. Like I, I can say that gain customer confidence or sleep better at night. But that's not really telling you what the product was. Right. It works when you are an established product. That's what I felt. And that's what I learned. So we, we resorted to extremely simple copy. And now I think ever since that in the last six months, I've never had any query on Intercom, which we, I would say about approximately once in two days, we see a new query when a new lead coming in. And we've never seen anyone asking what does Spike do? Right. So then we decided to go across uh, Product Hunt. Product Hunt, I think is fairly, I, I reached out to a lot of people who are top product hunters as well. But looking at the availability of the calendars, which is, it just sort of felt that uh, I think everyone's just too busy. I get it, but a month waiting or a couple of weeks waiting, and I think we missed out that window. We could not plan that product hunt launch better. Okay. Next time when we are launching our second phase of the product, I think at least now I know that you need to be ready at least a month before and start meeting people and asking them to hunt it for you if you want to. 
but relentless as as uh, i was at that time i uh, decided that let's just you know let's just go and we'll see what happens uh product hunt is before before i did spike i i had worked on a very small side project and i tested by <laughs> launching it on product hunt in 2018 okay. and even now it's active as traffictigger.com there are there are a thousand users who use that google chrome extension very reliably but what i tried to implement the same learnings here schedule your launch and make sure that you're reaching out to people who already essentially have some fair idea of what the product does and reach out to them ask for a few reports at the initial stage and then it's all going to be organic and for organic your uh, you can have the basis your messaging has to be clear and our product and images were absolutely on par okay. we decided not to do a video that's a different uh, topic but our product and images were on par and uh, the first comment that we put was extremely critical correct that's usually the yeah uh, uh, people read yes yeah okay <laughs> from the founder yeah was <laughs> message from the founder is very critical yeah that messaging being very straight being very honest that triggered a lot of people and that was very very important that triggered people's sentiment and when you go to the website from there you will see that the messaging language everything follows all right it's not it's not perspective a on product and and perspective b on the website that's not going to happen it was uniform what we said here you can come to our website and you can see that we still mean the same just with deeper more uh, uh, confirming language and slowly and steadily we saw that uh, we just went from upcoming to uh, the trending products so that was very helpful but understanding then there was this entire thing where people do say that you know go to where your uh, your target audience hangs out right that was our very important strategy as much as product hunt is nice i i would not say that that's our main target audience right it's it's essentially a way for us to say that we have uh, we are right. <laughs> you know that was it because you know if i say so myself getting cocooned and uh, you know the comforts of everyday routine sometimes pulls you out and if you're counting we have passed a year july to july and we are launching in july in product hunt so that was very crucial so i thought that product hunt i was not expecting too many customers too many signups to happen but what i was expecting was essentially to have an absolutely 180 degree state of mind shift and that that is what happened and after that our second strategy was always community engagement to really know where our audience hangs out mm-hmm. and go there and interact with them is essential we've interacted with communities where we keep taking product feedback we take planned feature feedback inside that community as well from so which are the some of these communities that you have yeah we go to telegram groups and okay. groups two of these groups you, there is also reddit as well right um but i think having an extremely honest con- adding a comment and adding a chat message are two different things correct correct that's what i've done 
and when you are validating something you don't want a person to plan the response because that's a comment when you do it in slack or if you do it on telegram people can impulsively write ah this 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 is just shit or this is really good oh this makes sense hmm you will not see these kind of messages come in comments but those right. initial experiences of uh, chat messages is absolutely vital got it that first reaction how do we develop so the community engagement where the communities are seeing spike getting developed slowly and steadily has been extremely instrumental you know and we still continue to do that and that's been a very strong acquisition channel in one sense i'd say got it did you explore to do any sort of a growth hack around stack overflow because that's another big community of uh, you know developers uh, you know always looking to seek out help on the problems that they are stuck in no not yet okay not yet as in i think i think uh, stack overflow is as much as qna it is stack overflow's uh, guidelines also is very strict about not to do not to plug your products because if sure. you plug in the products it's you need if you work with the community stack overflow answers will not be written by you right by one of your users correct correct that's the that's the aim that we have we right. want eventually over the next years we want our tag the hashtag to happen over there that, oh i have a problem with something on spike right and i think if you start to abolish these guidelines you are essentially messing with an entire ecosystem and community of developers true and that's something that we feel very strongly about not to so any community we join we make sure that we are reading the entire code of conduct very properly and often in my first engagement i also write that is it okay if i ask you know i'm founder of so and so and we're building this feature and we're planning for this feature is it okay if we ask these questions if not we are fine with it but you will see that if we are being polite and we are being nice and following these conducts the communities are going to be absolutely 100% fruitful so just following that guidelines and having the right ethics uh that itself is good enough i feel so stack overflow as long as they probably won't change the guidelines i don't see myself going or any of us going and plugging in the product in an answer that just go use spike or something like that yeah yeah true yeah, yeah. i've seen uh, you know a different uh, play on how uh, people recommend different uh, products as an individual user so that's how some uh, companies have created a pseudo hack types yeah visibility in the stack overflow platform yeah. in the community yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. so that is also the same comments and chats right 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 still be a comment we are looking at chat messages it's very important to have that discrimination because the, after reading mom's test i think i've learned to really <laughs> ask the right questions <laughs> and when it resonates in the community yeah you have a bonus right there true Thank yeah you. So talk to us about your recent milestone, you know, that you celebrated about. So talk to us about what happened around there and why that milestone is so critical. As spikes processes and gives you transparency about all the things that are possibly going wrong or will go wrong in the future with your infrastructure, code, or customer usage, uh, we term that as an incident. 
and we recently processed uh, over 1 million incidents and that's the milestone that we've been celebrating over the past few days although i guess the celebrations cost cut too short because we're now already now we are doing about 50000 incidents a day uh, what we what how we got there has been instrumental in understanding uh, how how we onboard our users and how we give that particular achievement effect to our customers as a developer when you come on board you will get your first alert after you sign up and verify and do all of those things and then when you create your first integration that alert that pings in that gives you an understanding that yes this is how the system works when we give demos i'm always amazed to see how people react when they get their first phone call no matter how the demo is going to go in the future for the next one hour i'm very amazed to see that people say that koshik this is so cool that gives us that particular confidence right so we we tackled in about having this pricing which is extremely friendly for startups it's it's a flat pricing we just have one pricing plan right so that has helped customers understand that if i can get an alert for a transaction failure why can't i get an alert for say let's say a rabbit and queue right or our aws clouds uh, server health or database db monitoring so what we've been noticing is that it's been approximately a four month cycle we tell our customers stick with us for four months and probably you will learn to see and in four months we see customers come in do one integration the first month they have about two or three or five incidents and over a period of time as they see value come in they start to integrate and monitor and take a 360 degree view of alerts of all their applications exactly and every nook and corner because integrating with slack has been one of the best things that we've done because not every incident is worth reprioritizing your entire day right that's not going to happen on an everyday basis so for all the other things you can just push it off to slack so another thing that we 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 do very well and that's something that our customers absolutely love is the fact that when you integrate let's suppose with aws and if you put an email which a lot of people do they put an engineering at you know uh, example.com so aws will send you an email that this has happened 10 minutes later if this is happening aws will send you an email again that's the same thing that they do with webhooks like or uh, integrations with spike they will say that this issue has happened issue a 5 minutes later issue a as long as this issue exists aws would have sent you 100 emails they actually sent us these 100 requests so that's that's something that we do is that we we suppress these incidents because we know that you are already working on it so when you actually see 100 incidents the reality is somewhere down there and you probably have had a thousand incidents it's just that we suppressed it a lot of our customers are now they can see those benefits coming in like it's not just noise suppression but it's also about the fact that when you're working on it why would we want to call again and disturb right correct so uh by that uh, we can see that customers slowly and steadily as they learn to use each of these features for which the documentation and the plugging inside the product has been uh, i think we've been able to marry that very well actually so when you look at this particular uh say you're going to resolve an incident or why you're doing this or mute an incident you can just click on learn more and directly go to the documentation and that self serve now when we look at the analytics our documentation is visited extremely often that's something that people you know they can see how self serving that is 
initially i had to get on calls with people to onboard them now i think most of the times if i don't work on weekends anymore but when i come back on a monday morning and i see there are 10 new leads and they've already created their accounts and they are able to essentially set up their integrations as well that that has helped now in our second cycle we asked them what are your pain points what is their infrastructure like here are some examples that you could do monitor your uh, grafana logs monitor your prometheus logs let's monitor your mobile app how many customers are leaving you so all of these things as they say as we see this these examples they feel if i could do x i could do y because y is more important for us right but just adding more on more of these integrations just escalated the uh, incidents very quickly it's been uh, just i think a month ago we were at uh, 200 uh, or 300000 incidents and uh, in just four weeks we escalated it to 1 million fantastic this is amazing um, great insights uh, koshik uh, i think before we uh, before we wind up i got two things that i want to or three things i want to touch upon quickly uh, as part of your uh, growth journey i remember you know in our community you posted out on a lesson learned on how you got hacked you know, during this entire process uh, you know and how a huge number of calls started to go out from your system so talk to us a little bit about the journey on how it happened how you stopped it and how, now what systems have you put in place to prevent it and what has been your key lesson learned in that process because it's not very often that a young early stage startup has gets an issue like this right mm. where you get hacked and you know the meter on one of your saas products you know just keeps running out this is typically a large uh, gorilla marketing strategy that competitors run with other competing brands mm. very very popular strategy you know in in the business world but never heard in a startup uh, you know environment so talk to us a little bit about that i'm not, i'm not really sure exactly who did it or uh, was that really a purpose but what i know is i think you can please check out the blog uh, anyone who's listening go to dev.do/spike or you can go to blog.spike.sh there is a very detailed timeline it's pretty much like reading a script as i've been told by a lot of my friends and peers toll fraud scam is something that uh, i learned this is called a toll fraud scam you have a you have a call center let's suppose that godrej is your customer and every time a godrej customer calls the call center your call center that is that godrej has outsourced to you will make let's suppose uh, half a dollar for each minute spent on the call but if there are not enough people calling you would rather just generate these automated phone calls tens and thousands of them and give a monthly 5000 dollar bill to godrej that's toll fraud and that's what happened when they learned that spike gives phone call alerts uh, they created an account and i i you know it's not like we were seeing a lot of customers come in at that point in time so i could easily research a little bit about and qualify lead myself was is now we are working towards automating the qualified lead so at the time i could see that okay i can see one or two new accounts coming in from absolutely um, the disposable email addresses but i was okay with it because uh, you know at the time i did not see this forthcoming i am actually friends with uh, pagetree pagetree's founder austin miller and austin had told me that this is a thing that just happens in this space so we had some protection already but we did not cover all the ground 
So what we did at the time, uh, hackers logged in. They started using either say Selenium or any of these automated tools. And when you are verifying a phone number or uh, generating an incident, that's when the phone call alert goes. So they started hammering that particular endpoint. And we were so early in the journey at that point in time, we did not have uh, rate limiting setups as well. So they could generate about two, two and a half thousand phone calls over a period of a couple of hours. How I got notified of when this happened was first, the server instantly got busy. So I got my first alert uh, at midnight. I wouldn't say midnight, about 3.30 in the morning, uh, saying that this has happened. And then we had Twilio integration at the time. I got a phone call from Spike that Spike servers are getting affected. And then at 4.30, I got a call from Spike again that there is a new Twilio, uh, Twilio incident. And Twilio has uh, created this error that they've started blocking automatically, considering that these could be spam calls to Maldova. I woke up at five o'clock because I got a call from my own product right i woke up and i came in and i saw the bill was uh, rounding up to about 200 300 dollars at the time and then became the race it, it it was essentially i think we started instantly deleting these accounts first because i could clearly see who was doing this and then twilio reached out twilio was absolutely phenomenal in this they started saying that you know what we are gonna remove your phone number you need to buy a new phone number you know, because the phone numbers are now basically corrupted so it was pretty much race against time at the time you know and we started cutting out and uh, it was not something that they could hack into our servers that was not possible it was essentially just logging in clicking that verify button a thousand times manually yourself and that's good enough to so that's when we started implementing the best practices about uh, ddos protection from cloudflare we use needle to essentially start monitoring what are some of the bots who are coming onto the website and how often and then we uh, started implementing google captchas everywhere uh, that itself has been a big boom now we've changed onboarding four times this is the fifth iteration that we're doing wherein now we ask customers to verify your email before you come onto the platform that itself has been very educational in the terms to see that you know, those those few days was just a race against are are the hackers gonna get to this endpoint first or are we gonna secure it first kind of thing right was, we just had one customer at the time yeah so this is a great example of uh, you know eating your own dog food right where yeah. <laughs> works for you helps you to manage your own incidents within your uh, ecosystem because we saw security incidents in, in a sense that we had a we have uh, we have an e-commerce shop from Amsterdam who basically requested uh, feed uh, integrations like bug snack and all of those things coming in where we understood that previously when we were estimating that yes there is a waste of a lot of developer productivity you know that's why we decided to keep it simple but when customers started coming in and we could see that just by adding those recommendations people are able to see that 360 degree vision come in. They're already requesting integrations that we're not thought of, like Travis CI or GitHub integration that's coming in next week, you know, or uh, even uh, Prometheus integrations. So we understood that a lot has to happen around the time that, you know, uh, uh, getting to that 360 degree view, we need to educate, but there, there is also some thought process that goes behind it. So when we added our own infrastructures monitoring on Spike, so did other customers started doing that slowly and steadily. You know, 
then we had we had an, another customer we have a major bank now as our customer and for which we actually built the azure integration um i think their lesson what we learned was that no matter you know there is there is a bottom up sale and then there is a top down sale but we've been able to see that developers are becoming better developers because of spike alerts because they know that you know i think each of us as developers are extremely passionate about serving the best to our customers and to do that effectively with spike alerts and that's exactly why we were like we need to get the security measures very very prompt of course when people are going to come in and click just sit down and click a thousand times that's a difficult problem to solve tools okay. but it's still a difficult problem to solve now after getting compliant with security loopholes and everything it's been an absolutely splendid journey yeah i think lastly talk to us a little bit about uh, you know the vision and the culture that you're trying to build how big is your team now uh, from the time you started as a solo developer and uh, you know your initial founding team and then to the size of the team that you are in now a little bit about your vision where do you see spike making uh, you know larger strides from here on and how are you building the culture as a remote company for the longest time i was it was just me at the time that we started seeing customers come in we got we got customers from uh, a very major edtech funded startup from indonesia come in and they had started monitoring everything before they were launching that's the best part right they are already testing their entire systems they knew that they are about to launch they are going to make a big wave one way or the other and they wanted to be absolutely resilient that no matter what happens in what corner they need to get this result so that was a very turning point that's when i realized that you know some of these things i need to start getting uh, getting someone to help in because i cannot keep saying that i can give you absolutely flawless integrations and flawless uh, product reliability without having anybody else's help I think that's where um, I took a step down and I said that I I got my first teammate that's Rajni uh, who, who started helping us with design and consecutively we got the branch now we are a three people team we are just uh, we've just had a fourth person come in as consulting us for the next few days um, when we when we saw customers now now I think we have customers from we have US Canada Brazil we have, Brazil, Mexico, Northern Macedonia, Amsterdam, Prague, wow, Turkey, I've never counted it now that I realize it's Australia, <laughs> Indonesia and Philippines. Philippines we in trial and of course Mauritius. Uh I realized that you know we are we are going places. And to go places one of the things is you need to have a team that can truly believe that we are going places our vision at spike has always been to make the best products for developers the first thing that we started now we are absolutely focused on is if you're a small and a medium business everything that people talk about devops we want to essentially automate all of those devops without actually having a devops team for your organization that's something that we have as a high vision and we feel like we're getting there slowly and steadily in india alone we've seen so many companies essentially hire another person who for an intern and in 3 months they can basically 3 months they'll spend to write this entire code to automate the alerts 
and after the internships over most of the times people just get annoyed they switch off the dotting systems you cannot have the best uncompromising team on quality without essentially saying that we can build everything by ourselves so what we need to do as spike is we will be we, we want to build products which will have a profound impact on an entire devops culture for all of your small and medium businesses in terms of culture i think we are we are we are actually still shaping as we go you know but as we say the initial set of people perhaps is are the ones who carve it in i think as a remote team our biggest challenge is we see we 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 try to talk a lot about asynchronous communication you know if in case there is an absolute urgency then maybe we can immediately set a call or anything but an asynchronous communication is something that we are getting good at on an everyday basis now this is something that i would recommend everyone to try it out three days out of a week we have a discord server and we just hang out on the discord server the mics on and this this room which i call as an office right this office of ours the laptops on the discord server is on if i get a phone call i have to walk out of the room i don't mute the laptop for a week we've been practicing this for the past couple of days it's phenomenal the effects that we get because we are consistently talking and we are consistently seeking feedback as well we can't do it all day long but yes none of the features that we've built has actually been what we had planned initially but it's the people who've come in they they come up with some amazing ideas and having those multi dimensional ideas interfere with the vision okay that's when you have a absolutely crazy explosion of growth and that's something that we believe that we've just been enabling people you know our small team and because it's a small team it's easier fantastic kaushik wonderful conversations thank you so much for these insights uh, you know amazed to see how a young uh, small uh, team has been able to carve out a niche uh, product and using the product to acquire customers around the world and you know processing a million incidents in less than uh, you know less than a year of a launch is no small feat so kudos to you and to your young team thank you uh, that's been uh, building and managing this so uh, i think we have come to the end of the podcast today so thanks for your time uh, once again koshik it's been a wonderful conversation great insights thank you so much bimlesh it's uh, it's been a great experience i really like these discussions so for for all our uh, listeners uh, today do like and subscribe on our uh, youtube channel this will also be available on spotify anchor and on google podcast so signing off uh, today on a 24th episode uh, this is biblesh gundara from pitch camp in conversation with uh, koshik founder of spike.sh and we will look to have you all join us uh, for the next uh, session thank you thank you